It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could there be a shakeup at running back coming in Washington? Why there could be, but why there also may not be coming up on this episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to this Friday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And after this conversation, if you want to continue it with me, you can do that over at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And I am your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82. Washington Commanders B reporter for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you at training camp every Monday through Friday, and we will be here with you on Saturday as well, out here in beautiful Ashburn, Virginia, and I got to give a huge, huge public thank you to the event staff here in Ashburn for the Washington Commanders, allowing me to crash the VIP tent. Locked on Commanders, listeners, viewers, we have, we have made it. We are in the VIP tent. We are VIPs all together, and uh, so I'm not roasting nearly as much as I was on day one, thanks to their hospitality. Uh, but of course, we're going to be here with you all throughout training camp. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're talking about day three, a bounce back day for quarterback Sam Howell, so to speak, but also the first negative of the year for the second year quarterback. And we're going to share our play of the day coming from an unlikely source, along with some other news and notes from Commanders training camp practice day three. But we're going to start this episode by discussing the running back, the running back group, uh, specifically Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson at the top, of course, Jonathan Williams uh, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. Uh, there towards the bottom of the depth chart, also Jared Patterson. But something that's been kind of nagging at me uh, just a little bit, right? I don't really have any qualitative data or quantitative data or evidence to, to really kind of run with this conversation. So I thought, you know what, let me let me have this discussion with some, some other media members, and then maybe I can find some information that's interesting enough to bring uh, here to the show and to watch for during training camp practice. And so I talked to multiple media members here in Ashburn today on Friday uh, during day three's practice about the history of Eric Bieniemy running backs, right? And when you look at the list of running backs that Eric Bieniemy has coached, either as a running back coach, mostly as an offensive coordinator, but a combination of the two, the ones that have had the most success, at least that come to mind, right? Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Super Bowl champions, obviously kind of your most recent ones, right? So recency bias kind of settles in a little bit there with those two names. But then you have Kareem Hunt, who obviously has had some rumored connection with the team here this offseason. Jamal Charles is another Chiefs running back that kind of comes to mind. But then also Adrian Peterson. And when you look at that group of running backs, those five running backs, one of those guys really doesn't fit in the mix of an Eric Bieniemy successful running back, right? And that, of course, is Adrian Peterson. He's more of the one cup, one cut between the tackles, punish you uh, type of running back versus the rest of those guys who tend to be a little bit more perimeter players, catch, you know, catch savvy, all that stuff. I think Jamal Charles maybe is a little bit of a blend uh, of the two. And that kind of sticks out to me. So I've started to wonder to myself, and I've started to kind of look at practice and wondering, is Antonio Gibson actually the running back that fits Eric Bieniemy's history more 
from this current Washington Commanders running back group. And I want to I want to make sure that I point out I'm phrasing it that way because this isn't so much right now a conversation of Antonio Gibson is the better back in the EB scheme. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is coming into the early part of this, right? We're in the first week of training camp. We've gone through OTAs, gone through the mandatory minicamp. It does appear to me, and just from looking at EB's history and looking at some of the play calls, look at some of the things we've seen from the installs. And again, there's a long way to go. But I think that Antonio Gibson might be the better back, at least the more suited back, I should say, not better, uh, for Eric Bieniemy's scheme. Now, does that matter right now in this point in the season? I would say no, it doesn't. Why? Because right now they're trying to figure out a lot of things, right? When you look on the practice field, and if you've, you've been to Ashburn, if you're paying attention, you're going to see it. Like, you'll see, uh, you know, Deron Payne lined up at defensive tackle next to F.A. Obata, next to Chase Young, but on the other side is James Smith-Williams. You know what I mean? Like, it's you do have some true one-on-ones, you know, good versus goods, and then you do have some true second-team defense versus second-team offense, but you also get some reps where you've got a kind of a mix-and-match package and like they're doing with the secondary group, you know, sometimes Emmanuel's outside, Kendall's outside, Benjamin St. Juice is inside, but sometimes they kind of swap it around. Kendall Fuller not really getting any inside burn, uh, which is kind of what we expected. But, you know, so you're kind of doing the same thing for running backs. You're kind of doing the same thing for all those. It's just trying to feel out the waters, right? Who is going to be my good route running back? Who's going to be my good uh, guy, you know, picking up blitzes and, and all these other things? So that's really where we are right now. So that's why this isn't a huge deal. But I wanted to have this conversation before we got to a situation potentially where this is a huge deal because I think it, it bears uh, conversing about it and, and talking to other media members. By and large, most people agreed with me that, yeah, Antonio Gibson really kind of fits this Eric Bieniemy system more than a guy like Brian Robinson does. But so far in camp, and, and we all acknowledge this as well, Brian Robinson has shown the ability to kind of go outside of, I wouldn't even necessarily say his comfort area, right? Or comfort zone, I think it's more so our comfort zone with B-Rob, right? Like kind of what we expect him to be, what we are used to seeing him do successfully more so than it is his own comfort zone per se. Uh, but also Antonio Gibson has been flashing a lot of those pass catching abilities to, to get the ability to get the edge, cut through traffic, read the hole, find the hole, do those kinds of things. We've also seen Brian Robinson do some things between the tackle that kind of reminds you of, okay, that's the B-Rod that we expected to see. So is a change coming? I think that's kind of the question that we want to talk about right now. And what I would say is it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen per se at this point in time, but I think that it is something worth watching as we move further into training camp, uh, because as as we go through this thing, right, Brian Robinson is being kind of stressed by putting putting himself outside of things that he hasn't had to do in the NFL so far, hasn't had to do in Alabama. But I think when you really get down to it, and there was one media member I was talking to today who really said that they think that the preseason game in Cleveland, the first preseason game of this season, is really going to tell a lot about this running back group, about not just their abilities, but about how they're going to be used in the Eric Bieniemy system. And I think that's really the, the, the kind of contrast here is to a man and, and to myself, and well, to a person and to myself, all of us, they, we, we all love this running back group. We love Antonio Gibson, what he brings to the field, Brian Robinson, what he brings to the field. Chris Rodriguez has a lot of potential, and then Jonathan Williams is a very stable veteran type running back. All of the questions are not about whether you like the player or you like the skill set. It's about how it's going to marry with the scheme. And if that first preseason game shows that maybe this running back group is not really developed or designed to run Eric Bieniemy's system, then you could see a change. But there's two changes you might see. If Brian Robinson, we saw this year, right? Brian Robinson was the backup running back coming into the first preseason game. Antonio Gibson had that fumble and Brian Robinson pretty much from that point on kind of got elevated into the starting running back role or the primary running back role, whatever you want to call it, because both those guys got plenty of burn. If let's say Brian Robinson against live action, against a live opponent, 
can't execute some of the things that an Eric Bieniemy offense is going to ask him to execute, which he's doing right now in camp. To be completely honest and completely fair, and 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 all those things, and we'll talk about it here in just a second. But if he can't execute that against live opponents, but Antonio Gibson shows up and, and kind of has a breakout game, almost so to speak, for a preseason, then there is a potential. I think that we see Antonio Gibson. I don't know if I would say become the first back on the field, but maybe his role gets a little bit larger than we expected it to be. Antonio Gibson himself told us on Thursday that he expects a third down back type of role, more of a J.D. McKissick type of role, right? But this isn't to say that Brian Robinson certainly hasn't shown the flashes. He's made a, a couple of really incredible catches running routes in this Eric Bieniemy offense. Uh, and something that he was asked about on Friday was his new role kind of expanding outside of the between the tackles role. Uh, and here's what B-Rob had to say. He said, quote, I've been able to catch the ball. Obviously, it's a scheme thing, and whatever EB wants me to do, I'm going to do. Biggest thing for me out there is I don't want to be one-dimensional, end quote. And there was no hesitation. There was no you know, weakness in his voice or no lack of confidence. So I think certainly Brian Robinson feels confident in his ability to do so. And again, up to this point, three days in, he's actually looked fairly good doing some of the things that Eric Bieniemy has asked him to do. The question and, and the potential concerns come in when pads come on. It's a live defense, and now it's not shorts on shorts. It's pads on pads. Uh, and in a full-time NFL defense like the Cleveland Browns uh, trying to stop you. So not only could this shakeup come in the form of Antonio Gibson maybe getting more reps, maybe it doesn't, maybe still doesn't out-touch Brian Robinson, so to speak, but if there is kind of a role that only Antonio Gibson is going to fill, maybe you see more reps for Antonio Gibson than expected, but also potentially the arrival of veteran running back Kareem Hunt. That's someone that we've talked about before. The team has been connected to him before. There's obvious reasons for it. He and EB go back to Kansas City. And to be quite honest with you right now, it kind of makes sense on why if the move to bring in Kareem Hunt hasn't happened yet, there's multiple facets of this. Obviously, the NFL, we've seen kind of a trend of not wanting to pay running backs and maybe Kareem Hunt wants more money. So look, we're going to kind of wait it out a little bit and second, third week of preseason or uh, of training camp anyway, after the first preseason game, if you're going to play ball, you're going to have to do it for probably a lower amount and Kareem Hunt is going to know that. So Kareem is going to eventually get to the point where either I'm going to go play football or I'm just not going to play football this year. And, you know, if that's going to be a tough decision for anybody to make. But then also, you have the fact that Kareem Hunt knows this system. He knows Eric Bieniemy. He knows what's expected. So even if he comes in after the first preseason game, honestly, he almost comes in on the same page as, from an education standpoint. Now, obviously, he would have to get used to Sam Howell and, and all these things, and we're assuming that he is working out and staying in shape uh, leading up to this. So really, you're not talking about a guy who come in with a whole lot of learning curve to catch up on. Uh, so that's a benefit. And Perhaps Kareem Hunt is not so excited to go back to Cleveland right now for a preseason game. It was like regular season, maybe, but preseason, maybe Kareem Hunt's not ready to go back to Cleveland yet. So three reasons that maybe if Kareem Hunt is in the future for the Washington Commanders, it's not happening now, but will happen shortly after the preseason game. Again, it could turn into nothing. Hopefully it does, but it could turn into something. So I want to kind of have a baseline conversation on this potential before we move forward and it becomes a matter of discussion, you know, Commanders, fandom, and media-wide. So, Coming up next on the on this episode of Locked On Commanders, Day 3 brought another third uh, into the play of the day conversation, and we take our first look at Washington's kicking competition. That's next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with local Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, Every week, we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking to make a smooth turn 
in fantasy football snake drafts with the latest pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round. You will be guaranteed, Vinny says, to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power in your backfield when you take Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and, speaking of the double, Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb back-to-back. While Taylor is a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly overall offense, in Indianapolis, Chubb is also set up to dominate dominates with more of the combined workload in Cleveland because Cream Hunt is no longer there. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating in your ride if it needs a little fixing up because now, you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And every day, I greatly appreciate all of you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Just like I appreciate the fans showing up in Ashburn, filling out the stands and the field around the stands, making practice up all. Guys, you, you guys really do make a big difference, not just for us, but also for the players and more importantly, right, for the players. But you make a difference across the board. Believe me, and a special shout out again to the Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers that I'm meeting along the way. Every single day I've met uh, a new, at least one or, or more new Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers at practice. So keep it coming, guys. If you're in attendance at practice and you see me, don't be afraid to shout uh, to shout out, you know, get my attention. And if I'm not busy charting a Sam Howell throw or two or something like that, I will certainly take time out of my day to thank you and appreciate you for uh, your patronage here because you take time out of your day to let me into your lives. It's the least that I could do. So. We're going to pick up this episode with our play of the day. And once again, which is a huge positive, there were some options. We'll get to some honorable mentions here in a minute. But after Sam Howell took the day one play of the day award, Jacoby Brissett, the second quarterback, took the day two play of the day award. So who better to take the day three play of the day award than third team quarterback Jake Fromm? And no, I'm not forcing this. No, I'm not making this up. This is how this is going down. Of course, tomorrow's day four. And there is no fourth string quarterback. So maybe we'll go back to Sam Howell, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe we can get a defensive player with play of the day. Not that they're not making good plays, but maybe we can get one big enough to be a play of the day. But during Jake Fromm's final 11 on 11 session with the third team offense today, Fromm launched, absolutely launched a deep ball towards receiver Zion Bowens, hitting him in stride on the right side of the field, running away from his defender and ends up with a 50 yard touchdown pass and catch and run. Uh, it's a pass out of mind. Any Georgia Bulldogs fan of national championships pass and was certainly good enough for Jake Fromm to put his stamp on the days of vets. The fans in the stands uh, really appreciated it and thought the play was really cool as well. Some honorable mentions. Uh, Sam Howell, we're going to talk about, had a bad throw earlier, a first of its kind bad throw for this training camp, but he immediately bounced back with a really good deep ball to Deami Brown. Rolled to his left, Sam Howell did, uh, extending a play in seven on sevens and then just hurl the ball on a rope uh, deep in the left side as Deami Brown was crossing through uh, the middle of the field and hit him for a beautiful pass. Uh, Sam Howell also had another beautiful pass again to the left side of the field, this time to Dax Milne, 
dropped it right in the bucket on the sideline for Dax to make a great catch. Uh, so two honorable mentions there for play of the day. But Jake Fromm, quarterback number three, taking the day three play of the day mantle along with receiver Zion Bowen. So that wasn't the only development here on day three. We also got to see our first glimpse of the kicking competition. Joey Sly, the veteran, the guy who's been here for a little bit, going up against Michael Badgley, the, the newly signed free agent kicker that actually has some better numbers in some certain ranges according to or compared to Joey Sly. So maybe a little bit of actual competition going on there. Uh, both kickers made or uh, took four kicks, took four field goal shots, started kind of up close. I think about the 32, 33-yard range. They moved back a couple times, then they actually moved up once, and then they moved all the way back to 49 yards. And both kickers, four for four on the day, 49 yards uh, was the long for each guy. Joey Sly looking clean and smooth like he, he usually does uh, when he's kicking well. Uh, Michael Badgley, something interesting. I actually watched his first kick, and I, and I was standing next to uh, another member of the media. I kind of looked over to him. And I was like, I look weird. Like that, you know, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but the kick looked really weird. And that person said, yeah, they were watching some some film, actually, of, of Michael Badgley, which is next-level film uh, study if you're watching kickers as a media member, and said that it almost, like, basically his kicking motion uh, is kind of weird. It almost looks like he's going to kind of like slip backwards and fall almost. Um, and I think that was a pretty accurate assessment. And, and watching through it, he has kind of like a like a hop skip. Like as he as he swings through the ball with his leg, he has like a little hop skip uh, at the end there. It's interesting, but not you know the mechanics look good as far as I'm concerned. I'm not a kicking coach, uh, but obviously Badgley's been doing this for a little bit in the NFL, so uh, seems like it's something that's going to work. But either way, four for four for both kickers from uh, longs from 49 yards. So we'll see. Uh, how that kicking competition progresses as we get through training camp, obviously preseason, they'll get their options or opportunities as well. Uh, some other notes of interest from the defensive side of the ball. Deron Payne made his first appearance at practice today. Again, he had been out the first two days with the minor toe injury that I told you in our first uh, training camp episode was not a concern at all from anybody involved. And obviously it was not. Not only was he at practice, but he was a full participant, went through all the drills, was on the field for 11s, on the field, uh, well, not for 7s because there are no defensive linemen, but uh, was on the field as much as you expect him to be. Jamin Davis got his first first reps with the first team, if that makes sense. So in the past couple of days, when the first team defense goes on the field for 11s, it's been Kalik Hudson in the Jamin Davis role. Today, Jamin Davis was in the Jamin Davis role as he continues to come back from a minor knee procedure he had during the offseason. Uh, we also got our first glimpse this training camp of a 5-1-5 formation. So it's five defensive linemen, one linebacker, five defensive backs, and it was scary. Like, Pray for any offense that's got to go through that, except you're a Commanders fan, so you're not praying for them anyway. But Fidarian Mathis at the nose, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen bookending him, and then Chase Young and Montez Sweat on either end. Uh, and again, Chase Young continuing to look probably the best that I've ever seen him in his career so far during this training camp. I mean, that is woof. That is a formidable five-man front that you don't want to face. And Sam Howell certainly had some, uh, I don't want to say some issues, but he had to get the ball out quick to avoid those big guys. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose got a lot of first team burn today in the slot, so that was pretty interesting. And yeah, that defense front getting a lot of quick pressure uh, on that offensive line as they continue to blend together. We also saw some three man fronts, so that Jack Del Rio creativity, some four man, three man, five man fronts coming for your commander's defense as they try to get back into the top five. Cam Curl said that is certainly a goal for this defense on Friday. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Sam Howell. His goal on day three was to have a better day than day two. He accomplished it in some ways, but he also had a negative. One negative specifically for the first time this training camp. That's coming up next on today's episode of Lots on Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders with Howell Watch Day Number 3. Coming off of a sub-50% completion performance for an 11-on-11s, Sam Howell looking to come back in here and obviously increase that performance, increase those numbers, and I would say that he did pretty, pretty well, completing 14 of 17 pass attempts in 11-on-11 drills, which is a big jump, again, from the sub-50% performance the day prior. Speaking to Sam Howell after practice, I asked him how he's feeling, how he's getting acclimated to the new scheme. He said he's feeling really good and getting more and more comfortable with the scheme as the days go on. If I had one critique to mention from today, it would be that the misses on Friday, even though they were fewer, the misses on Friday were of lesser quality when you compare them to previous days' misses, meaning that most of the misses or a lot of the misses in the previous days were him throwing it away to get away from pressure or smart passes where he gives his receiver an opportunity to make the play, but the defender has no chance, and for whatever reason, the receiver just wasn't able to come down with it because football is hard sometimes. Today, the misses that he did have less more less of the throwaway style of, of misses and more so of the simple overthrow misses uh, again is one day so you don't want to call it chalk it up as a problem problem per se but obviously tomorrow the final day of week one sam is going to look to come back and get that corrected just a little bit but again 82 percent completion rate any quarterback will take that you work on the little nitpicky things that we talk about and you get even better in seven on seven drills things were a little bit more dicey for sam how a little bit less proficient uh, there and that's where he threw his first interception of training camp. He was picked off by veteran safety Cam Curl. Cam Curl was asked about the interception during his press conference after practice. Basically said he got to his landmark. Uh, the ball was coming. He just made the play on the ball. Uh, really not a whole lot to it. Um, looks like it may be a miscommunication between the quarterback and receiver. Those things will happen, especially early on in training camp. But Howell's first interception of training camp coming in seven on seven, still clean in eleven on elevens. And to me. 11 on 11s is really the more important part of the scheme or the, the practice, which is why that's what I chart. I don't chart the seven on sevens. I just make notes of significant moments in seven on seven. So take that for what it's worth. You know, maybe you want to call it technically no interceptions, but either way, first interception of camp for Sam Howell, no interceptions in 11 on 11s. However, uh, there's one more day left in week one at Washington training camp and the anticipation of pads is coming up. We have been talking about these guys putting on pads pretty much all day long. We expect that early in week two. But of course, we've got to wrap up week one, and we will do that tomorrow back out here in Ashburn. Uh, not going to do our week in review because the week isn't over, guys. We've got one more day, so you will have a bonus episode of Locked on Commanders dropping on Saturday after practice. And then, of course, coming up next week, we are back five days a week or, or even more, depending on how many. I don't even know the week two schedule yet. We're just going day to day, holding on for dear life as we can. But we will be back every day next week. If there's a practice, we will have an episode. And you know what? Even if there's not a practice all five days, you're going to get five days of episodes. We will try to do a mailbag episode at some point during training camp. So keep sending in your mailbag questions for a subsequent mailbag episode. I can't necessarily promise you when that's going to be, but we will get mailbag episodes in as much as we can. So send those in. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. And email them to LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or text them directly to me via subtext by going to joinsubtext.com slash 
Commanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day and every day. I thank you for coming through, of course. And fans, if you are in Ashburn, make sure you come by and say hi to me. I greatly appreciate meeting as many of you as I possibly can. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.